Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to episode 93 of Habs Unfiltered, the draft special extravaganza. Only days before the free agency frenzy extravaganza. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and this week I am joined by Treg the Villain Wilson. What's He's going on. on, folks? There you go. He found his mute button. And Matt, I just had my supper smith. Good afternoon. Or evening, depending or on when you're listening. Or whenever you're listening, yeah. Uh, so this, this week's episode, like I mentioned, is the draft special extravaganza. We're going to go through the trades. We're going to go through the draft. And um, we will do that right after these important messages. Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking hairy, big, and need some support. Thankfully, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Baluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray, both super practical and they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Plus, when your girl sees this logo, she knows she's got a real Manscaped man. Pair these boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver and you're ready for anything. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro stock quality stick that you can afford. 
The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. And welcome back to Habs Unfiltered, the draft special extravaganza. Uh, so before we dive into the draft, we should uh, get caught up a little bit on some uh, some news. So bef- the day before the draft occurred, Max Domi was traded to Columbus for Josh Anderson. And Habs Twitter rejoiced, as they always do, with anger and frustration over any move ever made. Every move is horrible. Why in the God's name did they trade this guy that we've been saying, hey, we need to trade this guy? So as, uh, as someone has said online, if you want to have a trade happen, don't complain when the trade happens. There, said it. So on that note, now that Domi's gone and Anderson's in Montreal, Matt, what do you think? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, Domi for some pretty memorable moments while he was with the Canadians. He wasn't uh, he wasn't with us for very long, but uh, he was he, he became a fan favorite really quickly. Obviously, seeing his father skating around in a full Habs attire was uh, definitely something we're going to remember for a long time. Uh, we're going to remember him uh, getting into with Ekblad, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to and we're going to remember the big season. Um, you know, and I'm also going to give him props for playing during uh, during COVID-19, during the, during the cup run. He didn't really have the role that we expected him to have or thought that he should have. But, um, you know, he he chose to play with the team instead of uh, a possible um, health scare. And, you know, I, I, you know, I tip my hat to him for that. Uh, when it comes to the trade, however, I, I think it was a uh, – it was a deal that we all saw coming. I, I think that we saw that Domi was going to be moved. And uh, Josh Anderson has been a, a player of interest over the last little while. And he's been in the news for quite a while, especially surrounding the Canadians. So it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. The Canadians get a big power forward that they need. They can play him with Suzuki or they can play him with um, Emmy. We're going to see who he pairs up with. And we're going to see who else they sign during free agency, but um, I've got no issues with the uh, with the trade. It's just going to come down to term and uh, in the cap right now, and see how long they're going to bring this guy in. And if, if he's if he's truly healthy, I, if he is, he's going to be a, a guy that's going to give you twenty plus goals, and he's going to be one of those guys that's going to lead the league in hits for forwards and still be able to put the puck in the net. Um, and he's going to be able to uh, to look after these young players that the the Canadians have. Craig, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, I, you know, people get to look at this trade not so much uh, points based. Uh, yes, Domi averages more points than Anderson had on his best season, but uh, Anderson brings so much more than just points. If you pair him up with the young guys, where I think he's going to be paired with Drewan and Suzuki. Uh, he's going to open up the ice for them. He's going to be the guy that's going to go in the corners and get the puck for them. He's going to be the guy that's going to protect them so that they can concentrate more on uh, what they're doing and uh, how they're doing. He's going to put the puck in the net. He's going to hit guys. He's going to open up the ice. And that's something that Domi wasn't going to do. He's also a winger who actually wants to play wing. Uh, 
and uh, really the writing was on the wall for Domi. He wanted to be a center. The Habs saw him as a center. Unless he was going to be that fourth-line center, he wasn't playing in Montreal. So the fact that he was traded shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. Uh, I think the, the fans, the issue the fans had was the fact that they didn't get line A or they didn't get this big superstar. And you weren't going to get that big superstar for Domi. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, Domi's contract, I think, might have had something to do with it. Uh, it's a very player-friendly contract, uh, two years, $5.3 million, and then he walks. He can walk as a free agent. Um, so I think you got to look at this as more than just a, a player for player. Did we overpay? Maybe. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. The third round pick to me is irrelevant, but yeah, uh, I think, I think we did kind of overpay, but let's be honest. That's, that's nitpicking because the third yeah. round pick when you got 12 other picks, who cares? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I think we got, I'm not going to say the better player cause there are two different types of players. Uh, but I think we got a great player and we got, we, we filled a hole. We made a trade that actually filled a hole. Unlike, unlike say, the PK Subban trade at the time, not that it was a bad trade. It just didn't fill a hole or the Sergachev Druin trade, which didn't fill a hole. So it filled a hole. It filled in, it, it, it helped with the need. And now you look at the UFA to see who the Canadians are going to pick and we can get that into later or on another show. But uh, to me, I'm okay with it. And I can live with it. Anderson's also a guy. He's not just a big plug that uh, they can hit you through the boards. Guy can put the puck in the net, and, and he's got some. He's got some wheels for a big man too. At uh, for his size, like he can move. And we've a pretty good it. shot. Absolutely. And he, um, it's, it's like a Tom of, Wilson. It's, it's the kind of player that they need. Yes, the, it's the the Tom Wilson without the the extra shit. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So with with Anderson, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Tregas. They they made a trade to fill a need. Mm-hmm. Did, did they lose the trade? I mean, you could make an argument that the Canadians did lose the trade because the more quote unquote skilled player went the other way. However, I think it was time that Bergevin made a deal where he so-called loses a trade to fill a fricking need. But if you fill your need that you want, do you actually lose the trade? No. And that's my point. <laughs> right. Like if so. you're going to be, but it, a, what a lot of people do is they just, they wait until the end of the year and they're like, well, this guy got 45 points and that guy got 50 points. Hockey so we DB lost. experts. Exactly. You're not yeah. looking at the entirety of the play or the impact yeah. or so in this case, I, uh, Anderson on paper checks a ton of boxes. He's yep. big. He's fast. He hits. He can fight. He's that Tom Wilson-esque type player, like Matt said, without the extra garbage. Um, when's and the he last can fit time? in on the top six. He's one of those guys that he's can actually fit player. in on the top six. So yeah. he's not one of those guys that you're just throwing into the top six because you need him there, like say a Cassian or a whoever. He can actually be a top six player. He is not Armia. He's a, he's a legit top six. Uh, I know that this past year he had a terrible year stats wise. Like it, it was horrible, but he played hurt. Now that's been uh, his shoulders repaired and he would have played had Columbus moved on to the next round. So 
we're okay there. Everything's good there, supposedly. Remember we back remember back when we traded a thirty goal score for a nine goal score? Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Shit and yeah. everyone lost their shit. Where are the goals gonna come from? Yeah. And now they're doing the same thing because we traded away that nine goal score, Max Domi, who was, you know, I mean hit twenty goals, I guess. Eighteen. Eight well, he hit twenty goals. Twenty-eight and then eighteen. Yeah, um, he had a career year, which I don't think he'll ever see again. And I think we mentioned that when he was a Montreal Canadian. So before anyone starts saying anything about <laughs> us saying now that he's gone, you're saying that we said he would probably peak out at maybe sixty points on a regular season. I think we even alluded to the fact that he's a forty-five to fifty-five point guy, not a seventy-point guy. Um, yeah, so I mean, the goals are going to come. The goals are going to come from the guys like Drouet and Suzuki and Kati and Emmy and those guys. Here's what everyone's forgetting about: we have skilled players in our top six. They're just very young skilled players, and you Andy. have to let them develop into that skilled player. What's when's the last time the Canadians had a power forward in the lineup? A legit power forward, John Leclaire. No, Shane Corson. Eric Cole. There you go. Michael Ryder. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, no. Eric Cole, Eric Cole. Yeah, you can say Eric Cole. Uh, so what's that? Eight, nine years? It's been a while. Back in oh, the day or day Longer days. than that. It was before Bergevin, so. Back in the day or day days when things were Woo! fucking just yeah. amazing all the time. So, so in the last decade, the Canadians have had a handful of players above the above the six foot mark. And some of them have actually thrown a body check here and there. What the hell have they been? Uh, so the same fans that are going to shit on this trade were the ones that were shitting on the Canadians for not having size in the forward group. What is it? Uh, so the Bergevin has finally figured out, holy crap, I need some size. Now, Yes, he gave up Domi. Uh, I'm going to miss him. I think he was a great player for the Canadians. And like Treg said, you know, maybe a 50, 60 point guy, but he brought other things. He's a good um, ambassador to the game too. He yeah, really, like he's, yeah. You know, he talks about having diabetes and he, and all this kind of other stuff. But on and, the ice, on the yeah. ice. I mean, he's a gritty guy. He'll fight yeah. too. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, the Canadians had him. And if the young guys had not stepped up, he would still be with Montreal. He they would have re-signed him, guaranteed. Be, yeah, and he'd be he playing center that, right now. He would have been playing center for the Montreal Canadiens. Kotkaniemi would be in Laval, and you'd have yeah. him, Suzuki, and Dano as your top three centers. But the young guys stepped up and they pushed him out. So they used an asset that was uh, that was extra. I think Domi pushed himself out by saying he wanted well, to play center and not wing. Sure. I guess Domi, but... Domi's just as good a winger. I think he's a better winger than he is a center. But he doesn't want to be. But he doesn't want to be a he doesn't want to be a winger. And but in this case, sure. because he played center, he likes center, the young guy stepped up. They're not moving to no. 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 Because they need that, him to to insulate the young guys. And I just want to throw this out here about I just want to throw something out about Dano. So a lot of people right now that are saying because Domi's gone. Deneau's a third line center. Uh, nope. Like this guy, this guy's gonna, he's still going to be, a, they're going to do like a 1A, 1B. 
and uh, they're not just going to take Suzuki and play him 20 minutes a night right off the bat. And you're, and who knows what Kakaniemi is going to do at the start of the year? Is he going to be playoff Kakaniemi, or is he going to be this year Kakaniemi, where they said they had to send him to Laval because he just wasn't performing? I think uh, Dano, even in first of all, Montreal doesn't have a one, two, or three line. Nope. They have a. That's they what have I was going to bring up. They have a. They don't. Julian doesn't work that way. He's a matchup they have coach. A, they have a scoring line or two, and then they have a defensive line. Or, uh, or I mean, he's more of a matchup kind of guy. He's got he is. he's got a formula. He's got he, the two way guy. He's got a shooter, and he's got the corner man. So the corner man gets the puck. the The two way guy covers defensively and can help set up. And he's got a shooter. So he's got three lines like that set up. But what he's going to do, he's going to match his lines up. So Deno is clearly going to be his top matchup line. Suzuki next, Kotniemi third, and he's going to rely on that to – and some nights, Kotniemi's going to get more ice time. Some nights, Suzuki will. It depends who they play and who they're matching up against. Yep. So, I mean, to sit there and say Deno shouldn't be a first-line player, well, technically there's no first-line center. There's no second-line center. There's no third-line center. There's just – it's centers. matchups and they're going to play where he feels they fit the best. So which like, will I know work. That some, some people are already starting to pluck wingers off of, you know, and say, you know, well, let's get him away from Gallagher. Let's get him away from Tatar, et cetera. That line is really good. It's one of the top five versus five lines in the league, right? Yeah. You, you have them as one of your top six pairings. Well, if, if we're going to talk about, or if we do talk about um, lines, that's a top six group or a top uh, top six forward group right there. And then you've got, um, as of right now on paper, you've got Drouin, Suzuki, and Josh Anderson, which is going to move probably, we'll have like the, the finish line as of right now yeah. with, uh, with Lekkanen, Armia, and um, Kakaniemi. And it's that's probably going to be Byron. Def- but... And that's, and that's a, but it's a defensively sound line, whoever you put on that line. And that's the thing, like the, these three lines between the three of them, they're probably each going to get about 15 minutes each. And that leaves some 10 minutes for uh, the fourth line, which is probably going to be Jake Evans, Paul Byron, um, Jordan Wheel right now, maybe Nick someone Cousins. else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Wayne the, Simmons. As of right now, though, the lineups are not done. They're not set. The Canadians still have more work to do. So at, to finish off on the Domi trade before we move into the draft, um, Domi's contract, I mean, Treg nailed it. It's a two-year deal that takes him straight into free agency. That is, that is not good. I mean, if you, <laughs> you do not want to have a guy being able to just walk away. They didn't buy a single year of his free agency at all. So... Yeah, it's a $5.3 million cap hit, but no, they didn't buy a single year free agency. And I think what, what everything's kind of leaning towards, looking at um, John Liu's timeline and his questions that he's been asking about contracts for Anderson, it's looking like it's going to be more long-term. So maybe the cap hit will be similar, but it's probably going to be in the five to six-year range. I think, he's gonna, I think Anderson's going to be between four and a half and five at about five years. Sure. Let's say... Five by five, five by six, 
I think that that's a better fit for the Canadians because they can't go any higher than that. Like I, no. I, I was thinking, I was thinking like 3.75 to four and a half. Um, but it's going to depend. Like what's can't. Tom Wilson making? He's well, he's five, 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 five ish. Five, five, three for six years. Anderson's going to get, and you got to think it's Montreal. So everyone usually gets paid a little bit more in Montreal. And that's, that's right. why I'm thinking five because it's closer to Tom Wilson. So which is a comparable. I, I would even, I would, I'm going to say right now, 4.8 to five years. There you go. I'll say five by five just to make it clear. Sure. Just, just to argue with you, screw you, Treg. And your unfinished basement. It's finished almost. Well, no, I can see behind your head. It's not quite that's done. My, that's, my, that's my power panel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can see the smoke coming out of it. <laughs> so bottom line, I think we all agree. Um, having a power forward in the lineup is a, is a big plus. Absolutely. Losing Domi kind of hurts. Agreed. But I think the goal scoring wise is a wash. Neither one of them you can say are 20 goal scorers because both of them have only hit 20 goals once. Like I said, this, I think the goal scoring is going to be a wash between the two of them. So at least the Canadians get a guy who will play a power forward game. Yeah, there you go. Well, you, as you mentioned earlier, you're gonna, you've got a guy that – think of it this way. You don't, have to, you don't have to rely on – Brendan Gallagher being your big right winger anymore to go to the front of the net. You actually have a guy that can do it. You actually have a guy with size that can play on the power play and actually play in front of the net. Yeah. He had no power play time in Columbus and he was still putting up those goals. Yeah. He's so, a, he's an even strength type guy. He will get power play time in Montreal. Absolutely. Put him in front they were of giving net. it to Armia for Christ's sakes. And Deneau's going to stay because Montreal didn't draft enough French guys in the, uh, in the draft this year. so they ne- It would not matter if they used every single pick on a francophone. Yeah. They would, TVA would, get, would lose their mind saying, why didn't you trade your first next year for they, a seventh this year pick. to pick another? I think Verge of a next year. Actually, well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this when we get into our draft portion of yes, the Yes, we'll save this for the draft. So I think we're all in agreement. It's, um, we're, it's a we, fair we're trade not, for both teams. Fair trade. We're not panning it. Uh, we're, not, we're not pulling out the pom-poms either. Uh, I personally am going to wait until I see the contract and see Anderson take a hit on that repaired shoulder before I'm not, I'm not not going to be like other podcasters and ditch Domi just because he's not. No, no. I mean, I love Domi and I love his game. Yeah. Hope he has a great career wherever he goes. We will miss you. Ty Domi. (laughs) Max. Oh, we'll miss Ty too. Yeah, exactly. Ty Domi. Damn it. We can't rub it into the Leaf fans' face anymore, Ty. Don't we? Still can. We still we will. We still have the pictures. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's right. So, uh, okay, we'll uh, we'll move on from that, and we'll move into the draft. Uh, I think it's the greatest draft that's ever been drafted ever. the uh, The television coverage of the draft was maybe the greatest television coverage of a draft I have ever seen. The first if I were a Leafs fan, the first round was okay. It went so fast. <laughs> the first round was okay. The second round lasted longer than my 28-year military career. I, oh I went to a party, oh a wedding. I went to a party, a wedding, and a funeral. And when I got back... <laughs> and it was, it was the same already, guy. It was already the fifth round. Yeah, the party was a baby shower. It was that kid's wedding and that kid's funeral. That's how long that was. And I left in the third round. And when I got back, it was the fifth round. 
<laughs> and oh my god, I think I feel the urge to get a beer fridge. Oh. How about them Leafs? Habs are picking. Right, let's talk about the Leafs. I almost yeah. threw I almost threw my laptop at one point, especially when they started when they were talking to a uh, Will Cooley about Star Wars and then the Star Wars questions just kept coming. Who I was cares? like, who gives a fuck? I, I decided that I'll never invest any money in the NHL network. Never, ever. It was, never. It was very painful. It was very I mean, painful. <laughs> okay, look, it's October, so it makes perfect sense that people are walking around blowing the Leafs. Well, that's what they do in their driveway. They blow the o- Leafs out. The Leafs win the cup every year in October, so it's not Standard. really changing anything. They're they're at twenty straight years now of Stanley Cup wins. Although I will say, uh, at least now we know the season's going to start about January. So now I think we can look forward to preseason at around December ish. We can look forward to twenty twenty one. Maybe I I, yeah. I like to know how they're going to do it. Really, if they're well, going, I can't do it. I can't wait to finish twenty twenty. We're in month one hundred and eighteen of twenty twenty, and I'm just done. We'll see. And speaking of at, which, look at Trump. He proved that the coronavirus is stupid and anyone can beat him. He has the greatest, of course, when you have an immaculate body like he does. And uh, okay, magical. leaving politics, leaving politics. I want to, I do want to say that as a Habs podcast, we, we need to cover this. Um, the news came out today during the, uh, I think the 77th hour of uh, the second round. 79. 79th hour of the second round. Um, Guy Lafleur's lung cancer has returned, and he's he's uh, starting treatment for that. So we want to wish Guy the the best of luck fighting this horrible fucking disease. And uh, you know, stay with us, man. We might need another fucking winger. All right, on to if probably. So, uh, all right, to the draft. Well, yeah. The, uh, the Canadians, I think the Canadians did okay. I, I'd give them like a C plus to a B minus on the picks that they've made this year. I mean, I know it's an instant analysis thing with a draft that a few years down the line, that's what they're going to care about. Uh, where they actually make it. You, you want a couple NHL players out of the draft, <clears throat> and that's a successful year. And I think the Canadians will get probably three NHL players, maybe four if they get lucky. Um, Gooley's definitely going to be an NHLer. Uh, I think Tuck will be an NHLer. Mysack, probably going to be an NHLer. The the impacts they make, though, that's going to be that's, – that's where you know the gray area gets in. So I think it'll be a, a successful draft, but I don't think they, they made any home run picks, you know, really. And we talked about this in a previous show where we mentioned now they shotgunned centers one year, did a shotgun on defensemen another year. And I think this year what they did was they shotgunned big bodied mobile guys. Caden uh, Gould, I think is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, I know everyone wanted a forward uh, and a winger. Uh, but you got to remember if you're not drafting top five, you're not really drafting for right now. How dare they not draft someone who can score. We didn't solve our scoring with the 16th overall pick. I, I'm pretty sure uh, Amerov was on the radar and then Toronto took him. Um, and won the Stanley again, cup. 
immediately. <laughs> well, that's how it happens. Um, so I think Gooley, look at Gooley as a Shea Weber type player with more speed and better puck moving abilities. And less shooting. Sure, but... Because he's not a shooting god. No, if you... No one can shoot like Shea Weber, so... Uh, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I'm i not... At first, I was kind of like, oh, I, I was one of those I wanted a forward, I wanted a... But I'm so used to Montreal shotgunning. Oh, what do we need? Centers. Okay, let's get all centers. We need defense. Let's get all defense. And then I, I just figured this year they do the same thing with wingers. And... Uh, but I am not uh, unhappy with this trade. He was, uh, I believe the hockey writers had him as high as 12. Um, so I think we got a good, great defenseman and, and Caden. I think everyone's going to be pleasantly surprised. And I think this means, and if you think about it, if he doesn't get in the league in two or three years, you pretty much have Edmondson and Sherratt almost out the door. Anyway, Sherratt is out the door. So it's not like there won't be a place for him. And Romanoff, him, and Norlander can all play on the right side. So there's that. So, Matt, what did you think of that pick? I thought you were talking uh, behind the scenes before uh, before they made it, how you think that he'd be a good one. Uh, with uh, with Gouley, you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, like they're, they're really – this was a this was a really forward winger type first round, and uh, shout out to Canada by the way. They uh, they had nineteen first round picks, which is most ph- most since nineteen eighty seven, which is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and Montreal drafted one of them in Caden Gooley. Uh, Bergevin had some really good things to say about him: uh, size, skating, range. He has some offensive skills, and he's hard to play against. Um, the guy's six foot three. He's currently over two hundred pounds. Uh, two way fe- two way defender, and as Blaine mentioned, he's got top four potential. Had forty points last year with eleven goals, and um, he likes playing hard on uh, the top lines of other teams. It's something that he kind of prides himself in, and um, he's uh, he's a com- he's a competitor. He's uh, He's got a knack for going to the net and jumping into the play, and he's he's going to be a he's going to be a physical shutdown two way guy. So I'm not disappointed with the pick. If, for me, if they were going defense, I would have went with him or Braden Schneider, who ended up going to the Rangers. And um, yeah, there's going to be people that are disappointed that they didn't get a winger, they didn't go for a center. Um, I, I know a lot of people were looking at uh, Hendricks Lapierre that ended up going to Washington. And uh, there were some people that were looking at Dawson Mercer, who ended up signing, who ended up uh, being selected by the Devils. But overall, though, as as uh, as uh, Treg mentioned, you're you're picking 16th. You're not picking the top five. You're not picking a guy that's going to be jumping in the lineup right away. This is going to be a guy that's going to go back to Prince Albert. He's going to get better. Um, he's likely going to be on the World Junior team, so we're going to see a little bit more of him. And he's going to be a project for the next couple of years because he's he's got to prove himself and he's got to jump over guys to get into the lineup right now. So don't 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 expect him to be in the lineup in a year or so. And that's the beauty of this draft. The Canadians they weren't looking for filling immediate needs. That's why you know I made the joke about why didn't they solve the scoring in this in this draft? 
some people wanted the Canadians to go out in this today, finish off and get someone who can play. That's not going to happen. Um, because of the depth of the prospect pool, because they were able to have uh, so much depth at, uh, with NHL defenders and all these guys coming up, picking Gooley means he can stay down below and develop and move in. Like he's, he, he may reach a, a, a number three defenseman potential. So patience is a virtue. And I think this draft is going to prove <laughs> it's going, it's going to test that in Canadians fans because none of the players that they picked are going to be available probably for two to three years at least. Um, so uh, the first round that came and went, it wasn't Hendricks Lapierre like some people had wanted, you know, especially the Francophone media and TVA specifically too bad. I mean, if the Canadians would have traded up late into the first, maybe, but they didn't. They kept on. They held on to their picks. Just throwing it out there, the uh, the what lady? She yep. predicted that they were going to take a defenseman. She mentioned Gooley by name. Yes, she did. That's why she wasn't all upset because he's one of her babies now. That's right. Now I know people have been picking on her, and Treg and I have defended her throughout. As know. a boy, she's a very kind yeah. lady. Very kind. She's, exactly. The real what lady, not the Twitter what lady. Because that's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> She's very nice. She 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 just wanted a specific player that day, but now that he's a Montreal Canadian, she loves him. There, and everyone forgets there was that other dude that was up in the things that you know the guy that stood up and did the whole you know hands in the air thing and yeah the what the hell thing yeah 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 there was him too she was just yeah. more... was that was that Rick. <laughs> I think it was Rick. His name's Rick. The Rick man. He's uh, um, Nikita Sherbeck's best friend. That's right. <laughs> his his uh his Russian agent. Um <laughs> So moving on to the second round, the Canadians had three picks to start the second day which lasted a month. Um yeah, I don't so, think it's over yet. Did they? No. Did they, is the yeah, draft it's, over yet? It's like 10 o'clock Atlantic time and it's still going. Um, but with the second round, the Canadians had back-to-back picks at 47 and 48. And they went with uh, Tuck and Mysack. So the Tuck Mysack picks went back-to-back. <laughs> I love Tuck Mysack. I could Tuck Mysack all day. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's a better pairing than Tuck Mysack. No, no. They should have picked up another player named Please. Tuck my sack, please. That would be the line. A full line, back to back to back, would have been great. The Tuck my sack, please line. But now you can always have Tuck, Tuck, let go my sack. And Lekkonen, short of let go. Tuck, let go my sack. That's that's your that's your third line right there. Well, even if it's just the two of them as a pairing, you throw anybody else on there. We can call it the Tuck my sack line. So, so as I mentioned earlier, the Canadians are shotgun. <laughs> they can penetrate the defense really well. Uh, no. Let's not talk about D when we're talking my sack. <clears throat> well, it's a big D. If they keep calling Mete meat, maybe talking my sack meat. <laughs> 
<laughs> and this is going downhill in a hurry. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> tuck my sack meat. <laughs> okay. Okay, back to the second round. Back to the second round. So the Canadians, as I talked about, were shotgunning big, big-bodied players. So Gooley fits the bill. Big physical defenseman, a typical Western-style def- defenseman. Uh, and with the first pick at 47, the Canadians pick Luke Tuck, who's a power forward. So the Canadians made the trade for Josh Anderson, and then they go and they pick up a power forward. So the Canadians, Bergevin made it very clear that he understood that the Canadians needed some size that could play with the smaller skilled players. It's great to have guys like, uh, like Cole Caulfield on their way. You got, uh, you got Gallagher, Byron, you know, Suzuki's on the smaller, smaller end too. Like, so you got smaller guys with skill. Awesome. Great. But they need to be insulated with bigger guys who can keep up and make, open up some ice for them. And let's be honest, the Canadians desperately needed power forwards. And I think picking up Luke Tuck, which by the way, if you look up uh, the hockey writers and my uh, last article on second round uh, depth, you'll find Luke Tuck tucked neatly in the center of that article and yeah he's he's the brother of a vegas uh, the vegas golden knights power forward alex tuck and the younger tuck luke the montreal canadian tuck uh talked about today it talked about his style of game saying how he plays more of a physical game than his brother he's not as much of a north south player as his brother is he's more of a he's able to play East West a little bit and he does seem more fleet of foot. Now the Canadians are going to have to wait a while. He's a little bit raw. He's a little bit raw, but he's going to the NCAA. So they don't have to rush him. He's got four years to develop. Might, maybe it takes two, but big guys like this normally take a little bit longer. I mean, I like the pick. I think that's probably the, uh, that's going to be that one pick in this draft that'll help really define the draft for the Canadians. If this, if this pans out and he becomes a second line power forward, this draft is going to be a home run draft. If they can get that, I think his low end is going to be, you know, a a bottom, bottom six kind of checking line player. I think he's a, he's a top nine. Yeah. But if he, if he does become a top six winger, this home, this pick becomes a massive home run. If he can become a top six winger, then my sack can become a top six winger. My sack on almost every draft board was supposed to go in the top 20. So, or at least top 25. Oh, he was a first round. He was supposed to go in the first round. A lot of people, a lot of people thought he was going to go in the first round. And uh, I think uh, he played against Thomas Placanic. So, uh, you know, he got schooled. So he learned something from him. I don't know. Um, I like the tuck pick. I think it was a, I think both picks were great picks for the Habs. Uh, I was hoping they get uh, my sack when he kept dropping. Um, well, there's nothing better than when you're, you're, when my sack drops. No, no, it's not. Um, you know, and I mean, my sack's pretty raw too. So he's going to come in a little bit late. Uh, yeah, but when, when there. my sack hit you square in the face on that pick, yeah, yeah. that was a good pick. And I, I, I smiled the whole time that my sack was right there. And I mean, it, it does, things do get a little hairy around my sack, uh, especially when he moved over to Hamilton. Yeah, he's a bit raw. Cause so he's, he's going to come in a little bit, you know, 
a little bit green, so he's going to have to get that looked over. So, but when he gets there, he should be he should be a good player. He should be a good player for the Canadians. He should be, you know, he's going to be able to penetrate. He's going to be able to, uh, you know, <laughs> get in there. <laughs> I can't do it. Let's move on. Let's, just, let's move on to All the right. fourth round pick. No, but with my sack, uh, he, when he decided to move over to North America and join Hamilton, he even said it in his interview today, how it was probably the best decision he ever made. I mean, he did extremely well internationally, but when he showed up and started playing in North America, the guy was putting up points. Holy cow. Points. Like Unbelievable. He'd show up. He, uh, let's see, I'm bringing it up now. He played 22 games with uh, Hamilton, who were not a very good team. And he put up 15 goals, 10 assists for 25 points in those 22 games. And three that's just three short handed goals. Yeah. He played power play, penalty kill, even strength. And he was, he was their top line center. The second he showed up, he was on their number one line. So I think what we're going to see is, once the OHL kicks off this year, we're going to see a, a progression for him because he's put on some weight. Matt, my sack gotten bigger. That's right. He's gotten a little hairier. That too. And he, we're going to see we're going to see a little bit of a progression because Hamilton's improved a little bit. He'll have better better line mates. Um, not quite to the level that Tuck could be. You know, Tuck going to, I think it's, is it Boston College or Boston University? Boston University. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a good program though. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think. And he's already got, he's already got the size. It doesn't need to get any bigger. He just kind of needs to develop his game. He's already six foot three and he's 203 pounds or something. Yeah. Um, My, my, my little, my little talk on Tuck really quick. Um, the guy projects to be, you know, a two-way power forward. Uh, he plays with an edge, and a lot of people are comparing him to his brother. But he's not his brother. He's, uh, he's not as skilled as Alex. Um, he's much more raw, as, uh, as the guys have already mentioned. But he's meaner. Uh, but he's meaner, exactly. And he's one of those guys that after the whistle, he's going to be in the scrums. He's going to be the one with the glove in your face. He's going to be the one mixing it up, et cetera. And uh, he models his game after Jamie Benn and Matthew, Matthew Tuchuk. And uh, we know how uh, physical and how uh, intimidating Ben can be when he's pissed off. And uh, Matthew Tuchuk's pretty big past as well in Calgary. So um, he had 30 points this year, 15 and 15, 47 games. And uh, as Blaine said, he's committed to Boston U. Uh, he's going to be a work in progress as well, and there's no need to rush him. Um, when it comes to, uh, to Yan Mysak, Craig Button said that he can play uh, center or wing with his smarts, can fit in with any type of player, which he, he definitely demonstrated as soon as he hit Hamilton. Uh, very good puck skills, makes plays with him without the puck and creates opportunities, as Blaine mentioned. He's a guy that can play in all situations, and he's uh, got deceptive quickness, as, uh, as Craig Button would say. And uh, as you said, he had 25 points, including 15 goals. Three of them are shorthanded in 22 games. He's got room to grow in his game. And um, as he learns the uh, North American game a little bit more, I can see him just becoming that much more of a, uh, an overall North American style player. And um, as um, Treg mentioned, I was, I was right with you. I was following him as well. I expected him to go sometime around uh, 25 to 30 and he ended up falling to 48. So 
it's good on the Canadians. They, uh, they took advantage of a guy that slipped a little bit, and I think it's going to pay out in the long run, and I see him as a top nine guy as well. Yeah, because he was uh, – I'm looking at where he was ranked on most lists, and he was right there, right at the top of the, uh, the, fu- the first round. So, like, right yeah. near the end of the first round. Yeah. He was supposed to go around 25 to 30, and the Canadians got him at 48. So, that, that's a great pick, yeah. especially considering his, uh, his offensive awareness, his offensive instincts. Uh, he is extremely good on the forecheck. He's very, very aggressive looking for puck possession. So if he ends up, um, and of course he, he idolized Plekinitz growing up. So he might, he has some of his game too. <clears throat> so I think, I think it's a good pick. I mean, the Canadians in their first three picks, they picked up a big physical two-way defender, a power forward and a two-way center with some offensive upside. I mean, you can't really, can't really fault them that much for that. So my overall ranking for the Canadians on this draft based on its totality, not just the top three picks, but the whole thing, I'm going to give them uh, I'll be generous and give them a B minus. If they end up with two or three NHLers out of it, it jumps up to an A, but that's the instant analysis, quote unquote, B minus other teams, I think did better jobs in working the draft. Whereas the Canadians kind of just took what came to them and, did the best what they uh, what they could with what was there. They also traded multiple picks to uh, to get picks for next year, and we've seen that it's kind of like Bergevin style. Um, the second pick, the second round pick, kind of surprised me when they traded fifty six. Yeah, it's trading it off to uh, Tampa Bay for next year's second and what was it a fourth? A fourth, uh, one twenty four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they moved back to a fourth in this year, and they picked up a second next year, which. Let's be honest. I mean, you could say that um, <clears throat> maybe that improves the the pick standing next year. Sure, it's going to give them more. It's going to give them more trade bait and going into exactly. a year, going into a year where you're going to have the expansion draft, they can throw more picks to maybe protect some players. They could, or they can use it to add pieces if the Canadians are actually doing really well. Absolutely. But I could see them saying. You know, depending on who they bring in during free agency and how some of these guys develop and take over some of these jobs, they can say, well, we got an extra second round pick now. We got an extra third round pick now. We got an extra seventh round pick now, et cetera. We can throw that in with a player, you know, player X that we would like you to take and we'll give you all these draft picks. Or they have a ton of draft picks in a year that they should be hosting the draft because the Canadians were supposed to host this year. <clears throat> I think the, uh, the rumor is now that they're going to host the next draft. If they're able to or, do or it the in year person. after. Yeah. Or the year after. Yeah. The next in-person draft is there. So right now they're set up to have 12 picks for next year's draft. If they were hosting, they have a ton of trade bait. They have a ton of uh, picks there so they can keep the fans happy in Montreal. Maybe they'll use some on Francophone players. Hey, very well. Good. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. I thought they used some of these picks to trade a roster player for a roster player. Um, I don't mind the first three picks after the first three. I'm a bit underwhelmed, um, even though it's fourth and higher. So really, what are you really looking for? Um, I give this draft a C to a C plus. Um but I think it's more of, I thought the last few drafts were great all the way from the first to the last pick. 
Um, and I just found this one after that second round. I just find it, found it very underwhelming, very, uh, you know, I mean, they picked up uh, two high school players, Jack Smith and Blake Biondi, who I, which I think are just my personal opinion. I think they're wasted picks if you're going to pick a high school guy. I uh, hate picking high school players. It's, it's my thing. Um, uh, you know, maybe they end up being NHLers. I mean, even, um, even Struble. I wasn't, I'm not a big fan of picking high school players because they're so raw. I, I'm glad that they, they did it in the later rounds, kind of like a home run swing. But Struble looks like he's going to turn out. But uh, Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, do you really, can you really judge a player from a high school? I mean, they picked, and, and this stems from when they picked Fisher in the first round. He was a high schooler, and I don't know. Since then, I've just hated picking high schoolers. I, I just think that, uh, uh, I, I don't think they went with BPA. I just think they went with uh, contracts. They can bury these guys in the NCAA for four years and not have to worry about their contract until they're, they're you, know, you know what I mean? They pretty much have these guys now for the next four years and don't have to worry about anything. Smith, uh, Smith to me was a little bit of a surprising pick. There were some, still some decent guys on the board that were on all of our lists. Yeah. yeah um, and, uh, the, uh, the Blake Biondi one, he was on my list. Um, yeah, he's a high schooler, but – He's a high offense outputting type high schooler, and he won the uh, he won the U.S. High School Minnesota Mister Hockey did. Award, yeah. which is something that David Fisher also won. But he's also from Minnesota, and Fucking David Fisher. So did Ryan McDonough, by the way. Who God wants less Ryan McDonough? Who wants players from Minnesota? I mean, really? Oh yeah, boy, he's going to come on to the game like that. Yeah, it's like a Newfoundlander. <laughs> hey, so... Ryan Paling is from Minnesota. Exactly. <laughs> so one thing I'll add with them. Um, so uh, Jack Smith put up uh, 30 points in 11 games, high school, as you said, playing for St. Cal- Cloud Cathedral. Um, Biondi put up uh, 37 and 39 in 25 games. So much more high, high offensive output from him. Uh, won, the, won the award, as I said. He was a captain of Hermantown High School. And both Ooh. of those players are committed to the University of Minnesota. That's a good goal for so, so they're going to be playing together, and it's a good school. It's they're going good to, program. they're both going to a good program. So they're they're guys that we're going to see down the road. Um, we'll be able to follow. And as Drake said, they're they're going to be under control now for the next three four years. They're going to be guys that can just be put away, develop. And we'll see what happens. We might even see um, beyond it. We might even see him uh, at the juniors for the for the United States. Like he's he's got he's he's got the pedigree that uh, he'd be able to compete. Yeah, didn't he turn? Wasn't he the one that turned down the U.S. and TDP to stay in high school? I've no idea. I'd have to do some research on that. I'm, I'm not pretty really. sure he turned that uh, turned down the U.S. TDNDP. I'm going to check with my sources, and I'm going to say yes. Uh, <laughs> but my sources are me, and I'm not always right. So there you go. Uh, if let's barrel down the rest of the three, we got Sean Farrell, who I think wasn't a bad pick at 124. You know, honestly, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with uh, Cole Caulfield and say that this kid's a steal. Yeah. Because he was he was rated to go way higher, like yeah. a late second, early third round pick, and they got him at the end of the fourth. And I mean, yeah, he's he's five foot eight, 175 pounds. Well, that's uh, why Caulfield likes him. Yeah, but I, I he he's got so just look uh, looking at a little bit of video 
that I that I've watched of him, not which isn't much. I would say that a you know a, a comparable for people who haven't seen this kid play. If you want to, if you want to have an idea of what kind of game he plays, uh, think about Paul Byron. Very fast. He's he's very useful in any situation. He could play power play, penalty kill. Uh, he's he's very very smart. He's a oh. smart player. It's just like just like Paul Byron. Bah, if Paul if Byron. he becomes an NHLer, it's going to be in that style of play. In my opinion. We all know what everyone thinks of your opinion. Well, yeah, but I still do this anyway. Ha-ha. I'm going to uh, – and then the next one I'm going to leave with Matt because he was really happy about this pick, uh, Jacob Dobbs. Or Dobbs. Yeah, that one, that one just kind of went over my head. Um, that was the pick that they, that they got as an extra for their second-round pick, uh, 124. And um, – this is a this is a goaltender that just wasn't on my radar, wasn't on I any of your guys' radars. So you don't like him because he wasn't the guy you wanted picked. That's very true. You're one of those fans, aren't you? That's man? very well, true. I mean the Habs needed more goalies. <laughs> well this, this is the thing though. Listen. There were better goalies available. If they wanted to pick a goalie, they could have taken other people. And for me, I was looking at Devin Levy. I was looking at him the whole time. It's a guy I would have picked there, and I think he's going to end up being the goaltending steal of the draft. He went to the Panthers in the seventh Listen, round. The Montreal Canadiens have Charlie the Legend Lindgren. Yeah, you are, Charlie, where's my jock strap, Lindgren? The only, the only according to a credentialed <laughs> podcaster slash reporter, Charlie Lindgren is one of the greatest goaltenders that ever played in the Montreal Canadiens organization. And the only reason he loses is because he's in the net when the team loses. Just happens to be. Just happens to be there. Now, I know you're, you're kind of making Potential fun of it. Potential people have said this. Someone legitimately did say he just happens to be in net when they lose. It's not his Ignore fault. Ignore the stats. Ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think so going Matt back has to, something to say. So going back to the pick. Um, <laughs> The guy, the guy just his. I just don't understand why they would pick him. He's he's got size. Uh, he's six foot four. He's north of two hundred pounds, but uh, very underwhelming numbers. Three point oh nine goals against average. Eight ninety one save in twenty one games playing with the uh, Omaha Lancers, the USHL, and he's committed to Ohio State University. Just he's just there were better there were better options. As I said, I would have went with Levy. Um, I know that. Um, Craig Button is really, really high on Devin Levy. And he actually said that he could be on the junior team. And this is a guy that just went in the seventh round to the Panthers. He's an undersized goalie at six foot, 185, but the guy is just lights out. And uh, he's going to Northeastern, just like uh, like, uh, Caden Primo did. Uh, and the guy's got some solid numbers, uh, 37 games within the CCHL, 1.47 goals against and a 941 save. I think, I think if I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around the, the pick itself, I think they went with him more because of his style. He's an athletic guy. He's got a big body. You know, he, he plays uh, upright in a butterfly position which all which is 
kind of what Price does, what uh, what Primo does. So the, the Canadians have a style of, def- of goaltender they like, and he kind of fits that style as a big body. Is he going to pan out? I, bleh, I don't, I don't, no. I don't know. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say no right off the bat. But a hater. It, it's a style of play, just like uh, last last draft in 2019, they picked Frederick Dykow. So he was a bit of a surprise. Now he's in Sudbury uh, for the OHL season this year. He's going to be their starter. We're going to, we're going to see him play a little bit more. He, he left, uh, left Denmark. He was playing in juniors in Denmark. Didn't get a lot of ice time. So people didn't really know him. I think we're going to get to see a lot more of Dykow this year. And he plays that style of goaltending. And so it looks like they have this, this blueprint of a goalie that they like, and they just keep picking goalies that fit that blueprint. We'll we'll see how it, we'll see how it pans out. As I said, there are better players available, and yeah. um, if yeah. and I'm not just talking about goaltenders. There were forwards, there were defensemen, there were there were just better players. Let's just say and that Montreal has forty-seven goaltenders. That was the one that just kind <laughs> of I'm not gonna say it ruined the draft for me, but it ruined the yeah. later rounds. Yeah, Montreal has forty-seven goaltenders. Thirty-nine of them are trying to get a job in Laval. Some of them are in net when they win, when their teams win too. I'm just saying, I, to me, I didn't even understand why they drafted a goaltender for now, for later, for whatever. They have uh, didn't fit anything. It wasn't even BPA. That that was my thing. Like if you, it wasn't even the best player available at the time. Yeah, so, but. Like the way I see it, he was a fifth round pick, a middle fifth sure. round pick. It's if true. they think he's sure. going to, if he's got, if he's got potential to be a starter in the NHL, according to them, take the swing because yeah. the uh, a starting goaltender picked in a fifth round has a higher impact on a team than but say a, think too, Blaine, if you're picking a fourth a goaltender, liner. it's not too often goaltenders are really picked before the third round. Well, and that's the thing. You know what I mean? So if you're picking a goaltender, it's like Matt said, even if you're picking a goaltender, pick the best goaltender available, and he wasn't. I mean, you're not going to get a price at fifth overall that often. Like, you're not going to see goalies picked high-end first-round picks very or, often. Or second, really. Maybe the second round is when you start seeing maybe one or two. But uh, uh, I, I have to go with Matt here. Like, sure, pick a goalie, but if, yeah. if you – I just need to correct myself when I said it was 124 that it was that they took him. They took him at 136. I took Farrell at 124. Jesus, so it's way better now. You are our draft guy. You are our prospect guy. <laughs> Fucking up. You had one job. Uh, one one job. job. There were still, as I said, there were still better options. There were guys that I had on my draft board. Yeah. Um, I, I had guys like um, William Dufour from Drummondville. He ended Meh. up going to uh, ended up going to New York. Um, I think they picked the goalie instead of the Quebec uh, Quebec Warren player, just as a great big fuck you to TVA. We could have fucking had Ovechnikov. Just saying. He went he's to, dead to me. He was the next pick. Yeah, he's, he's dead to me too. He's a fucking yeah. runner. Ovechkin's cousin, Ovechnikov. Ovechnikov. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, uh, he's half Ovechkin, half Fedorov. It's mixed together. They put they jam the name together just that to be name the greatest player ever. And, and that's know, what he is. He was he picked by the Leafs, so right away. He purposely played shitty his whole career just so he could come into the NHL and become the greatest player ever. 
He's I was also looking. I was also looking at Isaac Phillips from the Sudbury uh, Sudbury Wolves. Yeah, Phillips would have been a good pick. You can almost tell how boring the draft was by the way we're actually breaking down the draft because we're making more jokes than actually breaking the draft down. <laughs> well, you, because they made safe picks. They did. They, they did. They did. It was yeah. a very safe. You year. guys are. You guys brought it up in the, already. After their t- their top three, it really did. It's like for me, as soon as they traded fifty six, it was over. It was pretty much over after that. It you was knew what they were doing. Winded, Who cared after that? Winded, it was a very long winded draft after that. Oh, after that, leading up to that, so it was the longest second round I've ever sat through. And if I would have known they're going to trade their third second round pick, I would have like done something else. <laughs> Christ, before this draft started, there were only two grandfathers on this show. At the end of this draft, there are now three. And Matt doesn't even know it yet. That's right. Oh, yeah, Blaine, you can't make fun of me for being a grandfather anymore, you old bastard. Yes, I can. You've got two. Yeah, well, you're still older than me. I am. (laughs) And you still have two. That's right. I do. Right. And an unfinished basement. My base, I still got to put the shower up. I'm lazing on that, but there you go. Yeah, no, it's. I think that last pick that they made, the Russian kid. I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce his damn name. At least it's Gordon. not that Shakir name. Like, what the hell was that? He went in the first round to the Devils. Holy crap! That's Shakir. Blah blah. Hold on. The one that Yoki Nevalainen and us and and we. Kind of discussed for it's Shakir Makamadulin. Shakir Makamadulin. Makamadulin. Matt, you stole it. I was going to say it, and I was going to say it right. I've been practicing this name all day. That's and because you know, he was in the uh, Middle I, East last before. Makamadulin. That's very true. You got to throw in the and you're good to go, right? So yeah, it's a little flemmy, but you got you got her in there. Got That's her right. in there. So how this about? How about uh, how about we uh, we'll put a pin on the uh, on the draft talk? I think I think we're I think we're I think we got enough. But overall, do you guys feel that they probably got two or three NHLers out of this? I'm going to say they're top three. They're top three. Yes. They got two two top nine forwards and a top four defenseman. After that, anything else is gravy. If we and if we can get another NHLer out of that, or flip one of them, or whatever else. Hell, if nothing turns out, if nothing turns out after the second round, who cares? If those three turn out, if you get three NHLers out of a draft, I say it's a good draft. Yep. And because I talked so much shit about him, that fucking guy's going to end up being like the next Gary Price. <laughs> you heard it here first. He's going to steal Primo's job in two years. So when he wins a Vesda, he's going to have to do his accepted speech and he's going to name you. Yeah, absolutely. And when he does, he's going to say it with you know thank you for this Vesna and fuck you matt smith <laughs> it's all it's all good i already like him more than fucking charlie langren so it's okay uh, so he happens what's, to what's, win games too what's our uh what's our what's our time looking at right now oh we're good we're, we're good. good you want to talk about ufas let's talk a little bit about ufas matt, okay well we're done the show now ufas <laughs> well this is the thing like we knew we weren't with the with the draft and free agency being so close together we know that we're probably not going to have time to really do a show about free agency. So um, what we'll do, we'll talk about who we think that they could bring in 
realistically. And um, then maybe I'll ask a couple, uh, couple uh, questions to you guys about where you think some of these top end guys are going to end up. Okay. Okay. And we'll just kind of do like lightning, just boom, boom, boom. Okay. Sure. So um, we'll start with, we'll start with Blaine. Uh, who do you think they should target and why? Okay. Um, I think, well, first I'm going to say who I think they're going to go after. And I think he's going to go after Tyler Toffoli because Toffoli's a Bergevin style forward. If you've ever seen one who I think they should go after, however, are um, Dadanov or Hoffman. Those two guys, um, they're shooters. They, they, they can score goals. They're 25 goal scorers every year. And that's what the Canadians need. They need someone who can score some goals. Now Toffoli can probably get you 20 and he plays with a little bit more edge, which is why I think he's the guy that they're going to probably go after. But I think with a Dadanov or a Hoffman, you'll get 25, maybe even 30, depending on the power play time. Um, and it all depends on the contract. I think because of the flat cap, because of everything going on, they might be able to win out and get a decent contract, get them to sign maybe a three-year deal. You know, if you go as high as six, that's okay if it's short-term. Because you got you got to think there's guys that are coming up that need contracts, like Kotniemi and Suzuki are going to need contracts. You know, Mete's going to probably need a big raise. I know Treg <laughs> is looking forward to that. Mete won't be on the team. Oh, he's going to be the number one defenseman. No. Number one Go defenseman in Laval. every days. <laughs> Whatever. He is going to be the meat in the tuck my sack line. Listen, <laughs> you got to quit listening to analytics. Mete is not going to be a top four or top six defenseman. I literally brought that up just so I can say tuck, tuck my sack again. That, that was really the only reason, but um, no, it's um, I think those are the kinds of guys that he should target. Cause if you can get another 25 goal scorer to add to what you already have, I think with the, uh, the improved defense, the Canadians were around 19th overall on D last year. They'll probably finish around 14th overall this year. I think with everything said, yeah. Okay. Um, And offensively they were about middle of the pack as well. They were about 15th. If they can, if they can add a few more goals and finish maybe 12th overall in scoring that, that uh, the the improvement on D and on goaltending on, uh, on scoring, even if it seems like it's minute, the goal differential you got to think about the goal differential. That'll probably add up to maybe five to 10 more wins, which would have been a 90 some odd point season, which would mean the playoffs. If they can do that, that would be a playoff team. Craig, what about you, buddy? Uh, I think they're going to go after Craig Smith. That's who they're, I think they're going to go after. I think they should go after uh, Dadanov. I don't think Huffman, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Huffman coming to the Canadians. Um, uh, they should go after Tyler Hall. If Tyler Hall's going to want to sign for a one or two year deal, I say, oh, go yeah. I jump say, on go it. jump on it. Yeah. Um, I don't think they will. No, I don't think he um, wants one year. He, according to everybody, he's saying he will sign a one or two year deal. Yeah. He understands the situation and he's willing to do that. If that's the case, Montreal should be all over that. Like, 
I don't know. What he's going to do, if it's a one-year deal, he is going to sign a one-year, $1 million deal to play in Toronto because they win the cup every year. In October. Um, but the season's starting in January. Um, however, I think Craig Smith is a the guy they're going to get. He's a guy that still get you can get you 20, 25 goals. He'll play probably on the third line. Uh, basically, you're just making your fourth line a little better by getting someone like him because you're – course pushing guys down um i see a trade coming i see a trade coming involving a winger and a defenseman i don't know who it's going to be with but uh i don't think it's going to be for anyone magical like line a so everyone can stop that shit um but i think it's for uh, ovechkin get it right you know i i think they're i think a trade is coming you know I just do. I don't know. Like, there's just too much. There's too many defensemen on this team for a trade not to be coming. And uh, you're absolutely right. Mete is probably going to get a raise. He's probably going to get a con- if he gets a con- if he's not traded. Well, a raise and on a league minimum contract is still a raise. That's what I mean. He's still probably going to get just above the league minimum, like one one point five million maybe. Um, so yeah, I I think Dadanov Taylor Hall for sure. If it's a short one or two year term. Dad enough, but I think he's going to go for. I, I don't mind Toffoli. I'll agree with if I wouldn't be shocked if they get Toffoli, but I think Craig Smith is the guy they're going to go after. Just to jump in a little bit there, if they don't go for a score and they just add some checking, I think uh, I think Simmons would be a good good addition. I agree, agreed for a fourth line at a cheap one year deal. Yeah, now I, I think Matt, you've probably got a laundry list of guys that are way better than what we just said. Yeah, you've been wanting to dump into this free agency thing for so, half an hour now. No, I know. Um, for uh, for me, I think they're going to go after Craig Smith as well. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they took a look at Wayne Simmons, as you guys mentioned, or maybe a uh, at Eric Halla because they love their fins. If he can, if he can, if he can go back. If he can go back to the way that he played when he was with the Golden Knights, um, very good pickup. Um, we don't want to see how he kind of he, – he was injured off and on when he was with Florida and with Carolina, et cetera. So if he, if he returns to health, he might be a guy that might be able to get signed to a prove-me contract. He was kind of buried in Carolina too. He had, That's right. Uh, but uh, uh, if you think about it, Montreal really needs three things. They need a big forward, which they got. Uh, they need a finisher, which they don't have, and they need depth. They need depth so that if someone like Drew gets injured, you have someone that can step up and then someone – that's what they didn't have last year. They didn't have any depth. They didn't have so, anyone that could could jump in and maybe not be as good as that player, but fill a, that kind of player's role without hurting the team. But if they, they, didn't have if, that they add a, if they add a 25-goal score – to the lineup without giving up anything from the lineup, then you have that depth. Exactly. And so when I know people are going to go bargain bin fucking Bergie because he signed like a Craig Smith or a Wayne Simmons, but you're going to, you need players like that because Wayne Simmons can move up and down the lineup. I don't care what anyone says. Sure. He's on the wrong side of 30 and he's kind of declining, but he can still move up and down the lineup. He can still provide you with something. Um, and still got Duclair, wheels. Anthony Duclair just became a free agent. I'm not high on him, but uh, still another person can get you 20 goals, 25 goals. It seems like Simmons has been in the league for forever. He's only 31. He's only 31, yeah. yeah. But he, he's 
I mean, but it's his style of play why he's slowing down. He's like Dale Weiss. Dale Weiss is only 32. Yep. So, uh, but he's better than Dale Weiss, of course. So that's, that's what the Canadians got to do. They, they, they already got their power forward. I think they shored up their defense. I don't think defense, I don't think defense is an issue. Everyone says we still need that high score left defenseman. I think it's good for now until someone like Norlander or Romanov or someone like that takes the reins. There you have your left-handed puck moving defenseman. I think, um, I think something that people are kind of overlooking too, or not quite aware of, or uh, we're, lo- we're probably looking at a condensed schedule for the season next year. Batman says 82 games starting in January, starting in January, but maybe we get 60 either way. It's going to be condensed. You're going to have a ton of back-to-backs. So having Allen there to play those back-to-backs, that's a big, huge thing. Yeah. Adding, adding big body defensemen who can, you know, you can sit a guy one night and play another guy a different night. Like Kulak can step in while Edmondson sits. Or you, and, you can adjust your lineup to the teams you're playing and you can rest your guys and you can punish the other teams. It's kind of like a long playoff. Really? And I think with condensed games, plus I think there'll be 82 games, but I think when you, my word for my visualization of the condensed would be three or four games a week instead of just two or three. Uh, Even a week where you have five. You yeah, might have so, five games you know, in a week. A lot of back-to-back games, a lot of uh, stuff like that. So if you're pounding on the other team, that's going to wear on them. And then, you know. That's where adding we'll the size happens. to the lineup is important. So I think what he's done so far is good. It's incomplete. And I think Matt nailed it with his additions as well. Yeah. So how about this? We'll do a speed round. No discussion. We'll just do – team uh, and i'll and i'll i'll spit off seven eight players and uh we'll do predictions how about that all right okay petrolangelo st louis. louis i'm gonna go with vegas Ooh. taylor hall toronto <laughs> uh i'm gonna go with uh geez i don't know i really don't know legit Florida. i think he's gonna go to i think he's gonna end up back in edmonton Uh, I'm going to say Florida. I'm going to go with Colorado. They have the money. They do. Uh, Next, we will go with Tory Krug. Boston. I I think he stays with Boston as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might stay in Boston. If not, I'm going to laugh. Let's do Mike Hoffman. Montreal. Edmonton. I'll say Edmonton as well. They need a winger to play with McDavid. Let's throw a couple goalies in there. Braden Holpe. Colorado. I'll say Colorado as well. Yeah, I'll agree. Okay, Colorado. Uh, Another goalie, um, we'll do Henrik Lundqvist. Washington. Washington. Only because they're pretty much saying he's going to Washington. Yeah, hundred percent. Friedman's already saying it, so hundred um, percent. Let's do TJ Brody. Calgary. Calgary. I think so too. Travis Hamonic. Calgary. I'll say Winnipeg because uh, he's from. Yeah, there. I was going to say Winnipeg. Yeah, I say Winnipeg as well. Do a couple more. Ilya Kovalchuk. KHL. Retired. <laughs> yeah, KHL. I don't think he stays. I don't think anyone signs him. 
before before the pickups and before all the talk about uh, bringing in Anderson, all that kind of stuff, I would say that maybe they would think about bringing him back. But mm-hmm. I, I think the same thing. I don't. I think it's going to be tough for him to get a uh, to get a job next year. So I'll say that it won't be Montreal. If Montreal were to sign a reclamation project, it I think it would be Ryan before it would be Kovalchuk. And I wouldn't mind Ryan as a reclamation project. Yeah. So Bobby or Ryan, let's try that. I'm yeah. going to say Philadelphia. I'm going to say the Rangers. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Philly as well. That's you know, that's a that's a good that's a good fit for him. Okay, let's do uh, let's do let's do a couple more. Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> Who who's AHL. that? Is that an NHL player? Yes. KHL. Oh, exactly. I don't think he's an NHL player this year. I think he's going to end up somewhere. I think he's going to go to. Uh, I think he's going to go to Detroit. Sure. If he does, it's on a one-year minimum wage. It'll be a proving contract for sure. Yeah. Probably a PTO, if anything. He'll finally get to play center. (laughs) Yeah. He's still going to be a third-line center. (laughs) And uh, let's let's do one more. Let's do... Uh, let's do Wayne Simmons. Montreal. Oof. I I honestly think he's going to go to Toronto. Toronto. I, feel, I can I have see a, that too. It's I, th- I have a feeling it's going to be Toronto as well, unfortunately. But at least we didn't say that for Petrangelo or Taylor Hall or anything like that. So. Well, no, they don't have the cap. They don't. Even, they don't even have the cap for Simmons. They got five million. They'll get their LTIR money. Don't worry. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. They'll they'll have it by probably Friday night. So so I'm going to throw a question here before we go. This sure. involves Montreal. Okay, forty two. Who, who plays goaltender in Laval? Who are the goalies in Laval? Michael McNevin and uh, no, I'll say uh, Demchenko and uh, I'll say Demchenko and uh, Primo. Uh, Primo's the starter, guaranteed. Uh, yeah. And McNiven's going to back him up. And I think Demchenko is going to be the one sent to the ECHL only because uh, Demchenko is on an ELC and he does not have a say on whether or not he goes to the ECHL. Where does Lindgren end up? Honestly, I was a little bit surprised that he wasn't traded during the draft. Uh, you could have traded him for a sixth round pick, fifth round pick, something. Who wants yeah. him? Like that, that's not me. No value. You know, that's not me. Like trying to talk shit or anything about him. I, I'm just legit. I legitimately thought he was going to get traded today. He has I no think, value. Uh, I think what's going to end up happening is he gets traded to Minnesota for a minor leaguer with no prospect of ever making it to the NHL. Like a C level prospect. I, I don't know. I don't. He got one year left on his contract, so he's going to go somewhere. And Minnesota's looking to add, you know, pieces here and there. And I think, mm. you know, he goes to Minnesota. They're not very deep at that position. He would get a chance to maybe play as a backup. Hell, even even a starter in their AHL system. So, and he's from Minnesota. So you'd have to fit. pass waivers. No, not if he's traded for a minor leaguer. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, you mean to go down to the minors? To go out of the minors, yeah. Oh, yeah, he would clear waivers. Well, He's yeah. done it twice before. 
Hmm. I'm just I'm just curious because that's something I've been I've been debating. I I, I think he's not he's not an NHL backup, so it's going to be it's hard to it's really hard to 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 throw him in in any roster right he's now. He's not an AHL backup, so it's it's difficult. Like he's he's a he's, he's, he's a guy that's under contract right now with the Canadians, and right now they don't have a place to put him. They may end up keeping him and just loaning him to another team. You know, Ella. Keith Kincaid. Yeah, exactly. So another I personally AHL think, team needs it. I personally think that's what's going to happen to McNevin. I think Demchenko and Primo play Laval, and McNevin goes, gets loaned to another team. I think McNevin was a pure, he's going to be left unprotected in the, dra- in the expansion draft type signing is what it was. Well, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Doesn't matter. The draft, the, if it's anything like the Vegas one, Free the draft was done before free agency opened, so free agencies counted. Mm, not, no, I don't think so. I don't think any unrestricted free agents counted. Okay. Anyway, whatever. I'm just going. Well, the way McKenzie broke it down was it McKenzie or one of them, Dragger, was that? Oh, Apron Basu McNevin was purely a. Sign for the expansion draft. Sure. Because he can be left available. So Okay. I'll take it. Anyway, not that anyone's gonna take him, but probably not. It. Anything else? Are we done? No, <laughs> I think we're I think we're done. I think we're gonna wait until um the weekend to record the next show. So uh, we can discuss who they actually do sign, if anyone, or trade, if any, and see if Bergevin actually does fill that final need of some added scoring. I have my doubts. As do I. I think he's done a good job to now, but if he, he, if he doesn't fill that need for scoring, that's, that's a pretty big open wound for yeah. the roster. Uh, I've just, the way I look at it is Bergevin has said he wants to turn the corner. He wants to start adding to what he has. I think he has. Don't get me wrong. I think this has been a great off season for the Habs. I don't think he's done. I just don't think he's going to get that finisher that everyone keeps thinking he's going to get. If he can I don't just, think he needs to. And I don't think he, he needs to. Even if he gets someone who could score 20 to 25 exactly. goals. Yeah. That, even that would be an improvement over doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. All right. Totally so agree. Matt, final thoughts. I'm looking forward to the free agency. It's going to be fast and furious, just like the draft was up till round two on, but uh, we'll see. what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's something to look forward to. And uh, each, each one of these things that happen, the draft free agency, training camp, et cetera. We're just one step closer to seeing, seeing hockey again. So it's something to look forward to. Treg, you, final thoughts for you. Uh, I hope they never do a draft on TV like this again. Um, yeah, I don't think Bergevin's done. I think there's a trade or something coming. Uh, it's going to involve defensemen. And, uh, but I don't think we're going to get the high-scoring finisher that everyone's hoping for. All right, and before I oh, go, Matt's got something. Going back to our uh, 
our first topic in Domi and Anderson and all that kind of stuff. He actually just tweeted as we're, uh, as we're recording. He said, thank you to the Montreal Canadiens for an unforgettable two years. I made memories and friendships that will last a lifetime. I want to thank my teammates from day one. You guys welcome me with open arms. So again, Classic. I'm going to uh, say uh, good luck to him in Columbus and I uh, look forward to seeing him play his first game. Back Maybe Montreal the- resigns him when he becomes a UFA. Hey, you never know. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe as a center, and Galchenyuk will be his winger. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the fourth line, help bring back PK Subban when he gets bought out by the Devils too. Ooh, hot take. No, that's and got, uh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> okay, and my my final thoughts are: I want to thank everyone for listening and putting up with us for this long. Um, following us through the the uh, the draft process. And um, also I want to repeat that we wish Guy Lafleur the very best in his battle against cancer. And we look forward to the free agency. So uh, again, thanks for listening guys. Uh, oh, I want to shout out to oh, uh, yes, list- a listener of ours and uh, an internet or Twitter buddy, uh, Sugar Jones is having chemotherapy. And yes. he's been battling cancer a long, long, long time. And a good shout out to him and let him know that our thoughts are with him and hope he gets well through. Chris Jones, if you know him on Twitter. He's so. an old salt. He's a, he's yeah. a retired Submariner. So he's, uh, he's near and dear to our hearts as well. So thank you for listening. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you guys again in a few days after free agency. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergie Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Today. Not a real product. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use... If you're healthy, if you want it loyalty, buy a dog. We here at Habs Unfiltered would like to thank you, all of our listeners, old and new, for tuning in. Please click subscribe so that you never miss an episode of all of our shenanigans. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, 
did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.